on 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and uh, via the wonders of Zoom, have an incredible opportunity to speak to uh, one of the authors of this new book, My Father, the Murderer, Nina Young joins us now. Nina, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Look, you're uh, not uh, un, you know, unusual for you to talk about this topic because a couple of years ago you put out a, a podcast uh, with the same title, My Father, the Murderer, and and this is actually about you. The, the the my bit is you, right? That's right. It's me. Yeah. Take take us through a little bit um, of the understanding first of all, and we, we want to hear a little bit of, of the story for someone who doesn't know uh, this story yet. Uh, when you sort of do that 20, 30 second summary of whether it's the podcast or now the book, uh, how do you describe what what this journey is? So I grew up. Um, knowing uh, that my stepdad wasn't my biological father and knowing that I had a biological father who had been in prison, um, but I didn't know what for and I never really asked about it. I think I was in a bit of denial and didn't really want to know. Um, I did know that my parents had met in prison because my mother was there as a tutor. Um, it wasn't until my mid-20s when I actually started to do my own research and I found court documents that revealed that my father had been in prison um, for murdering a woman in the 1970s. So mm. the, the podcast and now the book is um, how sort of me coming to terms with that and, and the story of that and how my identity sort of shifted. Yeah. Um, and they're already fascinating topics you start bringing up there because you talked about reaction and then you also talked about um, shaping of identity. Um, can we mm. maybe separate them for a moment? Because I'd love to explore both of them. Um, in terms of reaction, um, can you remember what that first moment was as you're reading these court documents and realising, actually, yes, my, my father is a murderer. What, what was the, the initial gut reaction? It was... I just went really, really numb and and cold and it was like everything sort of froze Yeah. because my, my initial reaction was, oh, it's got to be an error because why yeah. would I not know this, obviously. My second reaction was, well, now I'm going to have to tell my mother about this because there's no way she knows about it. Yeah. Um, and then, I, yeah, I just kind of spiralled. I think I just sat there and... and stared at the screen and did nothing for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, did your mother know about it? She did, yeah. I called her and, and there was a lot of silence and then she said, yeah, I, I did know that. Um, so that was horrible and I burst into tears and, you know, to find out that secret had been kept from you for, you know, more than two decades was really hard to deal with. Yeah. And I, the, the, the remarkable place I mean I'm just trying to even get close to putting myself in in your shoes in that moment Nina that here you are you know one of these pieces of news is actually harrowing on any day but suddenly now you've got this knowledge that your father was you know actually a murderer in, in prison this is where your mum met him and that she'd kept it from you and that they're both in in senses um you know I, I'd imagine they'd hit different parts of who you are so to have it on the one day would be mm. remarkable how did you get through even the day and the next day? Was it people around you? Was it a determination? Was it just a, I'm going to crumble into a heap as I get through this? What was it? Well, I was determined not to crumble into a heap. I um, went through some pretty tough mental health stuff in my um, in my 20s previous to that, and I was really determined. I'd worked so hard to get through that. I didn't want to go back. So it was really just a push forward and carry on kind of attitude, which I don't think is the healthiest, to be honest. Um 
and I started having really sort of funny symptoms like, oh, I, I just can't remember anything. My, my memory's gone really funny and, you know, I just didn't feel right. And I ended up speaking to a counsellor and she said, yeah, this is, this is news of a magnitude of like finding out that you have a really serious disease. This is mm. shock. This is your mind reacting to, to shock. Um, and that sort of cleared in the end. But um, I don't think I really worked through it until I sat down and actually started doing this project. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think you said it was sort of mid-20s you found this out. May I ask, how old are you now, Nina? I am 36. Yeah. So we're talking sort of 10 years before you really started then, then, yeah, digging through it again. Um, Can I ask you a question too around um, that moment with your your mum? How close were you uh, before, uh, you know, this revelation for you? And what did it do to that relationship? Um, we've always been really close. We've had a great relationship. Um, it was tough because I was I was obviously angry, but at the same time I was aware that she was a victim of domestic abuse in that relationship. And it's quite hard to be angry at someone knowing that, that they were the victim of this man as well. Yeah. And at the same time, I did understand that it's a tough thing to, to broach with a child. Like when is the right time to tell yeah. them and how do you start that conversation? So, yeah, the initial response was anger, but it wasn't something I held on to. Yeah, which I think is um, an incredible learning for each of us, right, because we have that opportunity, I think, always as a child, even when we're an adult but we're a child, is to say, well, mum and dad have to be perfect in some way, shape or form. Mm. And so if they're not, then that's I'm going to hold it against them. And so I think that's that's it's a real learning I take from you, Nina, around um, the, the fact that you were able to say, well, okay, let's let's look at it from her perspective here and and move forward. Um yeah. as you kept sort of then, you know, in the the, the those back to those first few months as you, you went through that, um, clearly, as you said, there's people around who are helping mums now, you know, having some of those conversations. Um, what what are those sorts of conversations that you originally have, especially with your mother, once you start discovering? Is it that you want to now know everything? Is it that you're actually saying, look, can you give it to me just bit by bit so I can slowly digest and process more of this? How did you go about that, you know, further um, unravelling? Yeah, mum is a bit of a head in the sand kind of person, um, as you might have gathered from the fact that she didn't <laughs> tell me. Um, so... She actually didn't, I probably knew more about it at that point than she did. She had never really wanted to know the details herself. Um, So the details she had was um, when she had met um, Alan, my father is Joseph Alan Ladd, but he goes by Alan. Um, When she'd met him in prison, he told her he was there for um, killing someone in a bar fight, which didn't turn out to be true. He'd actually um, brought a woman home, a woman, sorry, out to the bush after meeting her at a bar and had murdered her in the bush. Mm. By the time mum found out it wasn't a bar fight and that it was um, a woman that he'd murdered, she was really uh, romantically involved with him at that point and she just kind of didn't want to know any more details. So she kind of avoided finding out really anything else at that point. So when I had that court document with it all laid out in front of me, I probably had more information. And she did. And she didn't want to hear it from me. Um, She didn't really have anything else she could tell me. So I kind of compartmentalised it and just put it aside in a box and sort of went, right, well, this is where I want to be with this at this point. And maybe I'll revisit it later. But for now, I'm just going to shove that part of my life aside and just get on with it. So that was was where I was at when I found out. Yeah. And Nina, did that 
work for you. And I suppose what I mean by that is that um, by shoving it aside for a time and, and then saying, well, I'm going to come back to it, does it sort of spring its head up at random times when you're not expecting it? Or were you able to leave it in the box and then, you know, as you came 10 years later, say, all right, it's time to unravel that box now and, and get into it? No, I mean, it, it, it's sort of, I always felt like a bit of an outsider anyway because I knew I had this sort of different family history and I felt like a bit of an alien in this you know, suburban area where we grew up and everyone had, you know, their original dads and all the kids were some from the same father yeah. and not from jail. Um, so I still had that feeling and that was probably worse. Um, like I, I knew I was going to work every day and, and just knowing that I had this weird side of me that I couldn't talk about because if I talked about it, then people wanted to talk about it and I didn't want to talk about it. And, yeah, I don't think it, it really worked. It worked if you can live with sort of not accepting a large part of who you are. Mm. And so was that a moment, and especially I suppose we want to get here a bit more, that you eventually went, well, actually, um, I'm not okay to, to not accept that anymore. I'm going to eventually have to keep going. And this is why you're now talking about it more? Yeah, I, um, I had avoided talking about it with friends. Um, I eventually talked about it with um one of my journalist friends who was like, how have you not written this yet? How have you not told this story yet? You know, you tell, that's what I do for a living. I tell people stories. Um, and we talked about how how I would go about it and it just suddenly felt like the right time. And I, like, I suddenly felt like I had the skills as well as a journalist to do it the way I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Nina Young is my guest. She's the author or co-author of this new book with her mother. Denise Young, uh, My Father, the Murderer. We're going to be back in just a couple of moments' time. More with Nina. Uh, I am absolutely fascinated and um, just admire Nina's courage in the honesty of some of her questions as she went through this time. And so we want to dig into a couple of those. That's on the way next here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton and Nina Young. She's one of the co authors of this new book, My Father, the Murderer, as we've been hearing. Um, she discovered in her mid-20s that her father was actually a murderer, knew that he'd been in prison, but uh, had actually gone to prison for uh, strangling to death a, a woman that he had previously met. And, and so all these sorts of things started unraveling for the first time for Nina. And Nina, you know, obviously you've done a podcast about this, you've now put out this book and, and you've talked about it a bit, but we still do appreciate you constantly talking about that and having this discussion with us. Can I just highlight a couple of um, questions that I, I've seen you trying to answer and ask, and I'm mm. I'm fascinated by your vulnerability to do that. Um, a, a couple of those questions were uh, how you framed this idea that said, well, actually, um, my mom only met my dad because he was in prison, and so therefore, by him killing this woman is sort of why I exist. I, I found that a, a fascinating framing of, of how you were trying to work through something deeper in there. Um, how did that sort of, you know, joining of ideas come about for you? Yeah, it's tough. Um, and I'm not sure it's something I really ever got to the bottom of, but I think it's just a matter of um, I had to let go of any kind of responsibility I was holding on to there. Obviously, I can't, I can't take on the guilt for what he's done. I, didn't have any choice in the matter. Um, but I did feel a strange connection um, to the victim and, and I did want to understand her better. Um, 
yeah, it's tough. And it's probably something that I don't know that I'll ever fully work through, um, that strange origin story. Um, but, yeah, I'm just sort of living with that the best I can at the moment. Yeah. Uh, one of the other questions that I, um, I was fascinated by your vulnerability again was this idea around, um, okay, well, clearly I, I have some genetics from this man. Um, mm. Is there any possible way that, you know, being a psychopath is going to be transmissible? Um, it, uh, do I have something in me uh, around that? What a, what a quick question to I have to deal with, but then to publicly say, I'm going to talk about this. Um, take yeah. us through also that, that idea of, because um, I'm assuming inherently, you know, well, I'm a different person, but there must also always be this moment saying, well, is there a part of me like that? Yeah, look, the, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that and explore it is that there are a lot of children of, of violent men, of violent people um, who do ask those questions and who feel really ashamed and, and sort of frightened of thinking about that sort of stuff. So I want to take the stigma away from that a little bit. Um, and I did that by speaking to experts and, and looking up um, what what sort of genes and nurture combine, um, how that sort of works out for you. So I even actually went and got um, a test done on any genetics I might actually have. Um, and I, I did find out that I'm a carrier of the warrior gene, which um, can in some cases indicate, you know, that you're more likely to be, have anger problems or be violent. But when I spoke to an expert, the answer was that genetics alone don't paint the picture. It's always going to be nature and nurture combined that that create um, how you are. And, and even in those situations, intervention can help. So there's never really, a, you know, just because you have the genes, you're definitely going yeah. to be this person. Yeah. Yeah. How has that actually shaped the way that, you know, knowing those things, how has that shaped the way that you go about creating your environment, creating that sort of, you know, nurture environment around you? Yeah, I think my mother did a really amazing job of it. You know, I never wanted for anything as a child. I was really well looked after. Um, I've never, you know, I've, I've grown up, I've never committed a violent crime or any kind <laughs> of crime. Um I think she did a really good job of it. At the same time, people always go, well, then what you're saying is that, that your father is a product of his genetics and his environment and therefore he has no um, responsibility in the matter. And I, I don't like that conclusion either. Um, I think that we all have a sense of personal responsibility at some point. You know, you, you need to decide at one point, yes, I've had a really bad run of genetics and I had a really horrible childhood but I need to make the decision that I'm not going to then hurt people I'm not going to then allow that bad luck that I had to become someone else's bad luck because of me and there are things you can do to intervene there's help that you can get but you do have to put in the work so I don't like that you know immediately people go well you know he's didn't have any choice but to be what he is. I think he did have choices. I think he had chances, and I don't think he took them. Yeah, it's really more nature, nurture, and choice, isn't it? We, we sometimes yeah. perhaps finish just on the nature and nurture conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I mean, this is things that we teach to our kids, isn't it, that um, it doesn't matter if someone said that to you or if this is what it is. We, we're not expecting you to hit back in the playground. Like, you know, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an aspect that we understand it in its real simplicity, but sometimes when we get it broader, it's, it's harder for us to deal with as well. Um, yeah. 
uh, Nina, as you went through this whole process, were there aspects that um, surprised you uh, about yourself uh, as you went through, whether it was a, you know, you're clearly a courageous person, but it, was there something that, that popped up and you went, oh my goodness, I, I can't believe that as I went down there, this is what I'm thinking about. I think um, I went in as a journalist and thought that I could go through it as a journalist, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure I, you know, which is sort of sure you, something you've been going through as well yeah. um, with your own podcast. I thought, well, you know, I've done this before a million times. I can do this and it'll be fine. Um, what actually happened was a really bad mental health, physical health, everything breakdown by the end of it. Because um, not only was I going through this really traumatic experience, but I was working myself into the ground at the same time, you know, working six yeah. days a week trying to get the podcast done. Um, so I think that it was probably not, maybe not, the healthiest way if, if anyone else you know is going through a traumatic thing maybe just go to counseling <laughs> before you pick <laughs> up a microphone <laughs> um but yeah I think it, it helped me a little bit it, at the start to approach it that way and um it helped me sort of become a little bit softer I think and and be able to take off that that journalist hat and work through my issues properly yeah yeah. May I just ask, what does softness mean as you use that word? Oh, I guess what I'm saying is, I, I you know, I can be a little bit um, hardened when I'm looking at it through that scope. You know, when, I, when I'm saying, oh, I'm a journalist and I know this story and when I say I know this story, I know the facts of this story mm. and this is how I want to present it. But, you know, I'm not taking into account my own emotions when I'm thinking like that. So. Yeah, it has helped me sort of soften up and go, don't, don't just look at the facts. Like feelings are also important. Yeah, nice. Um, is that different between objective and subjective to, to the way you, you're referring to it as well? Or is, is that sort of the, the concept you're trying to, to grapple with? Well, I knew that going into this, it was never going to be objective. It couldn't be because it was yeah. from my own perspective obviously. Um, no, it was just more, you know, everybody warned me and said, this is going to be really hard. And I didn't really listen. I still thought, you know, I'm a great journalist. I'll be fine. But um, yeah, no, it was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine. Uh, Nina Young is my guest here on In Conversation this evening. We're going to be back with her in a couple of minutes time. She's the author of this book, My Father, the Murderer. Uh, we want to talk to her next uh, around why share. Why actually go and share now? Uh, we've spent a bit of time talking about it for, for Nina and, and, and why it helped her. But what was her hope for others as they listened to this podcast and now read this new book? That's on the way in just a moment here on 89.9 The Light. In conversation with Clayton. 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton and Nina Young. She's the author of this new book or co-author with her mum, uh, Denise Young. My father, the murderer, have been hearing this story of in the mid-20s, uh, Nina discovering that her father, in fact, was a murderer. She knew that he'd been in prison, but hadn't realized why. And then uh, going through a, a podcast series of the same name, and now this new book, uh, to explore and understand more about her own life, what it means for her. And we've covered off a whole lot of those topics. And um, Nina, one of the things I'm often fascinated by, and, and I've had the privilege of, you know, over 15 years on this show, talking to people about their stories. And one of the, the key questions I still come back to each time is, um, you could have just gone and done some of this yourself, for yourself and and actually that that provides some healing 
But every time you share, every time someone listens to the podcast or reads the books or talks to you like I'm doing, you have to drag something up. Even if you've done it a lot and it's sort of easier to do now, um, it, it's going to cost something. So from your perspective, why actually go and share? I wanted to share initially on the podcast because I couldn't find my story anywhere. When I was searching, there was, you know, there were stories about murderers, but there was no children of murderers who were talking about the issues that I was feeling, um, obviously because it's not that common, but it's also not that uncommon. You know, these people exist. So I wanted anyone else who was sort of feeling that same way, like an alien and like they didn't belong anywhere, to be able to have at least one story where they went, hey, that's me, that's my story, that's how I'm feeling, I'm not alone. And I think when we share our stories, we we remove some of the stigma from it. You know, often women who've been in domestic violent relationships, um, like my mum, they get questioned a lot like, why didn't you leave? Or, you know, why did you ignore all those red flags? And they feel really ashamed and they don't want to share their stories because of that shame. So for me to speak up and for mum to speak up, we're, we're saying, hey, the shame doesn't doesn't matter that's not your shame that's you know maybe shame that other people are putting on to you it doesn't matter you know you're valid and your story is your story and it's part of your identity that brought you to where you are today but it doesn't define you um so that's yeah I really just wanted to speak up and take away some of that stigma and show people that they're they're not alone yeah, uh, that was a slight difference too here with the podcast, which was yours. And now here, this is sort of with your mum as well. Mm. Was that a change for you? And I suppose for her to actually step into the place that this is now her sharing her story through, through this book, not just you through the podcast? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, she was on the podcast, but that was very much something that, you know, I was organising, I was editing. It was my story and I was sharing her story through my story. Um, but I wanted her to have the opportunity to, to, to have control over her own story, so not just from my perspective but to tell it from her own perspective because I understood how empowering that could be. Um, and obviously that was really scary for her um, and it's still something that I think is, is making her quite nervous as we go through all the media and how yeah. people are going to respond to it. Um, but overall I think it will be a good thing in the end. Yeah. Uh, I know, and we mentioned, you know, I, I've just put out a podcast about my mum and her cancer mm. battle in the last few months. And and as I edited it as well, there was times where I was the, you know, I was the editor. That was the yeah. hat on. And then other times where I'm like, right, I have to put it aside and just cry today because I'm the son grieving. Um, for, yeah. From your perspective, as you went even through the editing, both of the podcast and now, you know, in the book and what are we going to keep in? What are we going to keep out? Um, did you find yourself at times um, having this battle between, well, is this making really good reading or is this just because I care about this and maybe everyone else won't? Uh, I know that's obviously a thing that a journalist always has to go through, but how how did you deal with that sort of process? Yeah. um, If anything is probably the, it's probably the opposite because I'm a journalist and it's hard to, um, we're used to telling things short and concise and I'm not as good at writing uh, emotionally or, or even speaking emotionally, that was difficult for me on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, there was still a lot of, you know, like, Nina, you can't just say it happened. You have to say how it made you feel when it happened. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a bit more of that. There's a bit in the in the podcast where I, I just say, hey, can we, 
we're in the car driving back from something in Norseman and I, and I had to say, guys, just turn off, turn off the microphones. I can't do any more feelings talking was the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, Sometimes and, and, you just need to have a break. And you do. And, and I mean, I think that's the, the incredible knowledge of as we learn more about ourselves, you know, that, all right, I need a break from this because we've got to do this. I know I have to come back to it, but we'll, we'll get yeah. in then. Um, yeah. Nina, you know, we've talked a little bit about the hopes of why um, that this is going to help people. Have you had those stories coming back yet that people have said, hey, Nina, thank you so much for sharing. This is, I am going through something. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm not alone or this has helped me in this way. Have you had those stories yeah. come back yet? Yeah, yeah I have actually. Um, we've had a, a lot of feedback from women um, who've been in uh, violent relationships who, who are really grateful that mum is speaking out. Um, I've had contact from another child of a murderer um, who was just, there was tears. It was like she said, I never thought that anyone else would be feeling like this and that that was like an amazing moment for her. Um, and we had a really great conversation. We both cried. It was It was amazing. So, yeah, we definitely, some good has come from it. Yeah. Um, Nina, my sort of final question, it may end up into two if we need to follow up here, but is the idea around, um, you know, this is, it becomes quite all consuming in a way, uh, you know, mm. here you are a journalist, you're doing other things at the same time, but over the past few years, um, there's been a lot of focus around your story through this podcast and now with this book. And, and this is why people want to talk to you. This is why we're having this conversation at the moment. Yeah. Um, are there parts of you that say, um, I just want to talk about something else. Um, I wish someone would just talk to me about something else. And I suppose the follow-up to that is what are you going to do next in, in your world? I'm not meaning a project. I'm meaning how you move forward as Nina Young going forward. Yeah, I think I definitely finally know who Nina Young is. So I am ready to move forward now. Um, and I'm working on... Um, I've got a new podcast, I Swear I Never, where I'm sharing other people's stories mm. because of my experience. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of responsibility telling people's stories and I feel like I'm, I'm in a good place to, to do that right now and to give other people the platform. You know, I don't want, I don't want the platform to just be given to me, uh, you know, and I'm a journalist, I'm, I'm like a, a, a white woman I'm privileged I want to be able to hand over that microphone to hear stories that you don't get to hear as much um, so that's my main focus it's just to help other people now tell their stories and get that same sense of healing yeah that's really interesting you say that has that been a change for you you know you've talked about as a journalist it's you've um, reported on facts um, mm. but here, here you are you used the word stories now, obviously, mm. stories can be a part of facts. I, I, I get that. It, has that been a change from your mindset, even as a journalist, to go from facts to stories and the value of those in your journalism? I've always loved stories, but now I think I, from the from seeing that perspective and being on the other side of it and being the story, I think I have a better understanding now of um, how to approach people and how to help them through that that sort of storytelling process because it can be really hard and there's a certain level of trust that you have to build up and I sort of feel like I'm a bit more worthy of that trust now than I was before because I have a better understanding. Yeah well Nina we you know thank you so much uh, for what you've done and it's so fantastic to hear that people are being helped through that um, and that, that you know you and your mum now have put out this book 
my father, the murderer, we wish you all the best with it and that it will continue helping those people as well as yourself as you, you step into the, the next and the next and the next for you. Thanks again for your time today. Thanks, Clayton. Nina Young and Denise Young, her mother, the authors of the book, My Father, the Murderer, here on 89.9 Delight.